Hi viewers, thanks for joining Watch Your Story. The purpose of this show is to bridge a generational gap so that my generation can learn from my guest experiences. I pray that this episode will impact your life in a positive way. Thank you. Thank you everybody for joining me once again. I'm your host Emmanuel Mutui, and today I have a wonderful guest. He was actually the first person, maybe second person I talked to when I had the idea for the show because he has his own show called Carry Stocks and I'll put it in the link so y'all can go check it out. And I was just picking his brain about how he did it and all those kind of things and he gave me great advice and honestly I didn't think I'll be sitting here with him. So without further ado, Clay Cal Caldwell. Hey brother. How you doing? This is going to be fun. Yes, we've already been arguing because he hosts his own show <laughs> and I host the show. We've been arguing whose show is this, but it's my, it's my equipment, so it's my show. Yeah, it's your show. Both. <laughs> Fingers crossed, right? <laughs> but anyway, like I always start with all my guests. We start from the beginning. So where are you from? Um, I grew up in Jackson, Mississippi. Okay. Mm -hmm. Oh, Southern boy, but you have no accent. I've worked very hard on that sounding like a hit. <laughs> But anyway, so boys, when I'm tired though, that's it comes it, out. Yeah, when I'm tired. I mean, you're tired now, so we'll uh, as the interview uh, goes, if it's gonna come out. Man, this sure is a great interview. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, as born in Jackson, Mississippi, what kind of family were you born into? Um, I've got an awesome family. We uh, we have a group chat that we we're always talking every day. Yeah. I've got three sisters. Yeah, uh, my dad, Bill, and Becky Caldwell. And, oh wow! And then my well, are you Christian family? Yep. Or? Mm -hmm. So born, being born in a Christian family, did that shape what you wanted to do with your life? or? Sure. Um, I think there's, with our family, it's just, we've definitely had issues, you know, like uh, mm -hmm. I was a prodigal for a long time, but yeah. because of the foundation mm -hmm. that my parents laid for us, mm -hmm. it really um, helped me come back to the Lord. Yeah, and we'll get to the prodigal season mm -hmm. a bit here. What as as you're coming up? Are you into sports or what kind of challenge did yeah. you have? So uh, we were we were, again four kids. Mm -hmm. We got dropped off at the swim club, <laughs> so we had tennis lessons, swim team, mm -hmm. and then I played soccer. You know, you play soccer. Mm -hmm. Why don't you come to soccer and play? Uh, I, I played left fullback. Oh shoot, Bryce! We gotta hit him up for soccer. <laughs> so. Playing all these sports, did you want to be any sports athletes, or were you just trying to do that because that was was available? I had a good time with mm -hmm. that. I mean, I, I, I went out for football mm -hmm. in like seventh and eighth grade, and I knew that wasn't a really good fit. I was pretty small. Okay. And we're all, oh yeah, because we had the same height, and uh, I was small. Uh, so what did you want to do with your life at the time? I didn't know, really. Yeah. I didn't have any. I think early on I wanted to be a youth director. Like I just oh. had like a call to. to How that, did that come about? I think it's like when you have good experiences mm -hmm. as a child, and for the way I internalized that, it was um, I wanted to provide that same experience for other people. Yeah. And so I had a really good youth group that I was a part of, and mm -hmm. and it was okay. always fun. Yeah. And so this is. So when did you get born again? Actually, I completely forgot to ask that yeah, question. Uh, when I was eight. Okay. What was the experience like? Um. My sister Jane and I got saved on the same day. I think she had called in. Mm -hmm. There was this book called The Power of Living or Power okay. for Living. Yeah. And so it was one of those things that you do that your parents don't know and they just showed up. You know? Yeah. <laughs> and so she called and then like, it was a uh, evangelistic tool. And mm -hmm. then my dad led us through the Lord's Prayer and wow. we got saved. Did that have changed you at all? Or were you just, I mean, you brought up in a Christian family, so I don't know how much change. And you were young. Looking back now, I see how God was setting the foundation. Okay. 
So yeah. that, like, at the moment, I mean, I knew something happened, but it wasn't like, yeah. I'm called to the ministry. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you get born again at eight. Uh-huh. How do we get into the prodigal season? Like, how? Um, I was in Mississippi growing up most, most of my life, and then we moved to Arkansas yeah. to be a part of uh, inner city ministry. And okay. so my parents, went, my dad left his um, really good job to go, and we worked. Mm-hmm. At, at uh, inner city yeah. uh, church, um, and I went to a Christian high school. It was really small. I was one of thirty-four mm-hmm. graduating. Yeah, and um, yeah, so I followed the Lord all the way through high school. Um, went on my first mission trip to Mexico my senior year because I wanted to go back to Mississippi and mm-hmm. go to Ole Miss or one of the big colleges. Of course. And uh, and but then on my mission trip in Mexico is like we moved. Part of the reason why we moved to Little Rock was. My dad was the dean of a Bible college. Mm. And it, was, it was a small operation, but it was yeah. like, I wasn't going. I was like, mm. But I went on this mission trip to Mexico, and that's when I just really felt the Lord tugging me and saying, hey, yeah. I want you to go to Bible college. So I did that for um, two years. How old are you? At this, yeah. this stage. Um, 18, 19, 20. Okay. Mm-hmm. So how did you go from Bible school to... Prodigal? Yeah. That's where it gets fun. Okay. <laughs> My seatbelt. <laughs> Get your helmet too. Right. Um, I, the church that we were at was very legalistic. Okay. And so when I say that, it was just like things were said like we're the best church. Nobody else has the revelation that we have. Mm-hmm. And it was a very, for me, very works driven. Okay. So I spent my time giving everything. Mm-hmm. To, to the ministry and then the church split and that church split like really fractured something on the inside of me because mm-hmm. I had God so wrapped up into the to the church building mm-hmm. um, that happened and was just really devastating I dated my first like true love if you will yeah. and she broke up with me so in like a, se- a series of a few months wow. major mm-hmm. things happened yeah and so I was like, I have been good, God. Mm-hmm. I have done all the right things. When people were drinking yeah. in high school, I was this, I was this squeaky clean kid. And mm-hmm. I'm an, that's enough. <laughs> I've done it all, so I'm gonna be bad now. And so, I wow. ju- And there was just there's so much hurt and wounding, mm-hmm. and I didn't know how to process that. Oh yeah. And um, I've learned that's very important. That kind of separation from God. Mm-hmm. He's the source. Yeah. But when there's a that separation happens. Is mm-hmm. where else are you going to go? True. So in this particle, how long was this season? Twenty years. Wow. When did the change begin to bring you back? I had um, oasis. I call them, you know, where God would send messages to me. And, okay. Um, I was in Little Rock, and then there was this really cool church called uh, River Market Church okay. in the middle of Sunday nights. That fit with my party schedule. So Friday, Saturday, I was at the clubs. Right. Sa- uh, Sunday night, I was at. Church. But in that time, it was an opportunity for me to see God again, hmm. and to experience His love. And mm-hmm. there was just such a a great community. What was there. the difference with that church and the one you grew up in? Well, there's there's three churches. The one I grew up in had a great youth group. Oh and yeah. I moved to the Rock. one that the yeah, split. The, the legal the split church. Um, mm-hmm. um, there was just always a this pressure to perform. Yeah. And like we pray the most, we mm-hmm. we do all we do. Mm-hmm. And then with uh, River Market Church, it was just a uh, there was a genuineness. Yeah. And I think as believe like 
people that really show the love of Jesus, yeah, it's not about performing. It's mm-hmm. about receiving. Yeah. And before you even continue, what is... Because I feel like there's a revelation there that you've received that obviously was part of your mm-hmm. breakthrough. What would you just share a little bit of that to the people watching? Yeah. Well, like my full restoration didn't happen for many years after that. But it was, mm-hmm. I, like I call it, it's like an island. I was yeah. drowning. Mm-hmm. And I found this island. And there was just a real... And I'm still, I still talk to some of the, you know, the people from, mm. from that church there. Um, it's, it was just a really good time, but I still had so much yeah. brokenness yeah. that I didn't know how to, to mm-hmm. manage that. And then just some, you know, 2012 was when, was when I really had my so, eyes open. Okay. So and 2000 this, was when I, when I found the Oasis. So that was like 12 years. Mm-hmm. So yeah. in this 12-year gap, was it more like wrestling with Holy Spirit? Or is it more like yeah. you're still full-blown mm-hmm. in your... I know Jesus, we're mm-hmm. good, but I'm really broken and I'm selfish. It's just, you know, it was Clay's mm-hmm. world and I didn't have a really foundational understanding of Jesus. Yeah. And um, until I came to Karis and that was okay. like a big... Yeah, Pre- uh, before we get there. Yeah. <laughs> so let us get to 2012. So you're in this battle, mm-hmm. I know Jesus, I want, but I want to do my thing. Well, what happened in 2012 that just made you like, I right, I give it all up? So I did drugs. I did everything except for heroin. But meth was kind of like my drug of choice. And then okay. ecstasy and, and coke and stuff like that. So I did mm-hmm. a lot of drugs. Um, for, for a long time. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I started seeing a cycle of okay. like. Kind of getting clean for a little bit. And mm-hmm. pursuing church mm-hmm. and God and stuff. And mm-hmm. then. Right back. Meet a girl and then drugs and then the cycle just kept happening. Mm-hmm. And so in 2012, in, um, I ended another relationship and then moved in with my parents. And that was kind of the big deal. Like I was like, I didn't want to do that, but mm-hmm. they're following the Lord. And that, you know, I'm, I'm sure if I stay with them, there'll be some sort of mm-hmm. maybe that'll break the cycle. And so at that time, um, I moved back in, and we, my parents and I talked about this. It was a real, like, for three months will be the time that I'll live here, and then I'll move on to something else. Hopefully it'll be whatever God has for me. I didn't know that at the time. But, yeah. Uh, for three months, and let's just get in the Word. I don't even know, remember how to pray anymore and stuff, but um, my dad had gotten diagnosed with uh, aggressive prostate cancer. And so he was um, had six different options. There was, like, a retreat for him to go get treatment, like a resort thing or outpatient or some of those things. But the other treatment was um, go to Colorado and see Andrew. They've been partners with him for, for a long time and um, have Andrew pray. And so mm. my dad went away on this weekend trip to pray, and I was like, God, I don't even know how to pray anymore. Would you just give my dad a word for me? Yeah. You know, so when he comes back, he'll have all the answers because he's spending time with you. I don't know how to do that. Yeah. But – he does, and you do, and so just give me a word. Mm-hmm. And so my dad took the Believer's Authority from Andrew Womack, okay. and in the back of the book, there's an advertisement for Karis, and that just kind of jumped off the page mm. at my dad. And, and he, So he came back from the retreat, and he's like, we're going to go to Colorado. Um, we're going to go see Andrew. There's a Bible college there. Would you like to go and uh, check out the Karis? Mm. And I was like, nope. Free trip to Colorado? I'll take it. <laughs> And uh, I've, done, I've, I've been to Bible college before. No thanks. I've done, you know, mm-hmm. the bumper sticker and everything. Yeah. But it was like free trip to Colorado, sure. And it was like from the time I got there, it was like several people gave me words 
that were like, get out of my head. <laughs> Greg Moore was one of them. Uh-huh. And, um, and then another guy gave me a word, and then we were in Andrew's office, and he was praying. Because mm-hmm. uh, I, I had Crohn's disease, and so he was like, first he was like, so Clay, I hear you're coming to the Bible college. <laughs> I was like, nope, I don't think so. I don't think so. He says, it ain't going to hurt you. And when he said that, I felt like the world stopped turning. And I just had like a moment of clarity with, I, mean, I was doing all kinds of drugs even there too. You know, yeah. I brought some. And, um, but I felt like I had this moment of clarity of like everything that was bad happening in where I was living, I could have a clean break. And I was far enough away from drug dealers and stuff like that to where I could yeah. have a clean break and then just, you know, Mm-hmm. See what God had for me in Colorado at Bible College, which I didn't want to do. Mm-hmm. And um, but I was like, "Yeah, I guess mm-hmm. I'm coming to Paris." And this was a week and a half before school started. Wow! So in 2012, mm-hmm. and um, went home, quit my job, and then drove out. I had a, had a bunch of stuff in a, like in a storage, and I was like, "I'll, I'll, I'll test it out." Mm-hmm. So I go till Thanksgiving because that was how the school was broken up at the time, mm-hmm. and if it doesn't work out, I'll just yeah. come back. Yeah. But I was like, I felt afraid of everything. <laughs> and I thought I was going to be alone because my other experience with the Bible college was mm-hmm. I felt very alone. Either people were too religious and spiritual for me or they were hypocrites. And there wasn't a balance of that. Mm. And so I was like, God, I'm going to be alone here. Yeah. Well, I guess alone with him, which is not bad. Uh, yeah. And, um, wow. But I met t- uh, two people in the parking lot walking in on that first day. Because, well, I had my final gig. Um, Gig. I was I, I, well, I'm, I used to want to be a rock star, okay. and so I had like my final like uh, Labor Day weekend mm. gig. You had a band and everything. Um, ish. Yeah. Ish. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. And um, thank God that didn't pan out. <laughs> yeah. Were you like performing songs you written? Or I had origi- I was doing a mix of originals and covers. Mm-hmm. What was your instrument? I play guitar and sing. Mm-hmm. So I, was, I had the front man disease. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, you mean two guys in the parking lot? Yeah, yeah so um, I, I played my last gig and then slept that night and drove out the next day. And it was like Sunday, so I drove through the night. Like, I got to Colorado Springs at like 3 o'clock in the morning and school started. Wow. That that morning. So I met uh, two guys in the parking lot and still talked to them. You know, mm-hmm. It was just God's provision of like, yeah. you're not going to be alone and people are not going to be weird. Mm-hmm. And there's always weird people wherever you go. Yeah. There's, there's a normal people yeah. that you run into. <laughs> I'm normal. <laughs> so, so you make it, How you did three years or two? Three. Mm-hmm. What was the third year? Ministry. Oh, obviously. So why ministry? I didn't, actually? I didn't think I was going to do ministry. I, yeah. I, that was never on my radar. What were, I was going to do business or worship. How did you end up doing ministry? So we have interactive groups, IEGs, mm-hmm. in second year. And um, I remember I was like, I want to be... Yeah. And IAG leader. Okay. And somebody told me that you had to be in ministry school to be an IAG leader. I don't know if that was true or not, but I was like, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, ministry school. I didn't think about that. I just yeah. felt like yeah. a warm piece about it. It's like, yeah. you're supposed to do that. Wow. So in three years, what was the one thing? Because I know I went to Carries too, for those who didn't know. And everybody always has like, this is the class that completely shaped me. What was your class? I think anything that Barry Bennett taught Mm. I remember like first year okay. he's like turn to the scripture turn to the scripture and you're just like <laughs> Old Testament New Testament and like the whole time he's doing this have you seen those like abstract painters where they're just throwing paint right. out? <laughs> they just keep throwing paint out and keep throwing paint out and then they turn it upside down it's like mm-hmm. this 
just awesome mm-hmm. picture of whoever you know. Yeah. Like, how did he do that? That's yeah. how I felt with Barry's class. Wow. He's like, this scripture over here, this scripture over here, this scripture over here. And you're just like, just flipping back and forth. And at the end of it, you're like, how did you do that? How did you do that? Right. So I felt like a lot of his classes. And then, I mean, the other teachers had like a constant influence and stuff. But it was just this foundation that kept getting built. Yeah. I remember like in the first couple of months at Karis, I was mad. I was like, where's this teaching been my whole life? Wow. What? Yeah. God's not mad at me because that's how I felt forever. Just the, uh, mm. just the weight of shame and stuff. Yeah. Of just the decisions that I've made. And, mm-hmm. and um, but yeah. Wow. So that was the what was pushing you, like shame and condemnation mm-hmm. was pushing mm-hmm. you throughout this whole mm-hmm. prodigal season. Mm-hmm. And could you pray for anybody in that season right now? Before oh yeah, yeah. If you are watching this right now, I just um, I just speak encouragement to you right now that God is actually not mad at you. And I'm telling you just from experience watching God's faithfulness and how much I used to self-sabotage, that's not a lifestyle for you. God has so much more for you. And the more that you pursue His love for you, it's, it's, it is, it's, and receive it. Yeah. I just speak life and peace over you right now. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So you finished. I was preach, man. I was like, ah, I gotta <laughs> hold back here. <laughs> yeah. Hey, it won't be bad. Yeah. Maybe mm-hmm. that's what the Lord wants, right? Yeah. So you finished three years. What made you stay? So my life was radically changed at Karis. I mean, yeah. it was like first year. I named my years. So first year was clean up on all nine. I was a wreck, and God was doing the cleaning up. And every class was like building my faith. And like I got healed from Crohn's disease in my first year. Mm -hmm. It wasn't overnight. It was like just, I kept hearing healing teachings Mm -hmm. over and over again. And I was like, I'm taking that. Mm -hmm. And for me, my healing, I would, uh, I used the verse, um, I think it's Colossians. It says, uh, we're co-heirs seated in heavenly places with Christ. So if that statement is true, Mm -hmm. which it is, that means I'm completely healed, Mm -hmm. Yes. co-heir with Mm -hmm. Jesus right now. Mm -hmm. And so I just would imagine taking those pipes and putting it where the Crohn's was. Mm. And so I, I believe if a doctor cut me open, they'd find gold pipes from where I've been healed from, <laughs> right. from Crohn's disease. Right. And, uh, but yeah, I was learning instead of like people call like my name mm-hmm. or you know, like uh, my Crohn's or whatever their disease or they, yeah. they say they take ownership of it inadvertently, mm-hmm. not even thinking about it. Yeah. Cause I would say my Crohn's hurts my, mm-hmm. you know? And so I just stopped saying that. I was like, that's just, you know, yeah. It doesn't belong here. Because mm-hmm. so. you're a co-heir in Christ. Mm-hmm. He's I got healthy. no pots and I'm healed right. now in Jesus' name. <laughs> right. So what would you call yeah, second? If you healing? have any kind of sickness in your body right now, we just mm-hmm. declare healing for you Amen. right now in Jesus' name. Mm-hmm. If it's Crohn's, you have to go mm-hmm. right now in Jesus' name. Get Amen. out. Amen. I speak healing to your intestines in Amen. Jesus' name. And any, any other thing <laughs> on the top of your head, yeah. the sole of your feet, <laughs> we speak healing. Yeah. So what did you name second year? Uh, second year was uh, learning how to wait on the Lord because I had all this foundation and this zeal for the Lord. And I was like, all right, God, put me in. I'm ready. Let's go. Let's go. And God's like, just, just calm down. <laughs> Do you know the feeling? <laughs> just chill out. Very man. well. Just chill out, little dude. <laughs> Very well. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, because in second year, I was super restless. I was mm. like, you know, yeah. I just felt like I had all this, you know. Mm-hmm. I think part of me was kind of 
the classes weren't boring, but where I was at, it was just like a, I was just unhappy. Yeah. Or not not even unhappy. It was just a just a restlessness. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, just just be cool, man. Just chill. Yeah. Dean Hawk's class was like one of the it like jump started me a little bit. Yeah. And then Barry's class, and then I did my second year mission trip. Mm-hmm. So. Um, wow. Um, those things like really catapulted me into this thing, and so the second year mission trip, I went to India mm-hmm. with Michelle Patterson. Okay. Yeah. And um, she's the director of all of our missions and mm-hmm. stuff there. And so with her, I knew that I was going to be her. I'd been on several mission trips, even like before my prodigal hit, and oh. during a prodigal. Wow! Yeah, I've been to South Africa a couple of times, Mexico, mm-hmm. and um, in Brazil. Wow! And I, I just had a real heart for missions anyway. Mm-hmm. So when I went to India with Michelle, I came back and was like, I don't know who your interns are in, in third year, but I'm one of them. I'm going to be. I'm, I don't need that. I don't need to apply. Just go in. <laughs> Make I'm, it happen. I'm your guy. <laughs> And what she said to that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can see her doing that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's crazy. So. It's, right now, I'm, I'm in that season, like, slow down. Yeah. So I get totally get it. Yeah. So third year, what did you Third year was the the refining fire. Ah. Because I was like, God, I want to be a leader's leader. Mm-hmm. He's, oh. like, he's like, all right. You want a like, leader's leader. Here's some big boy decisions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And and I, I really did. There was like some real challenges in my third year, mm-hmm. where it was like, you can be a leader here or you cannot. But you have to you have to pass kind of this test before you can move forward. Mm. And um, and I did. You know, God was faithful to me even yeah. in, all, in all that stuff. And then I was mm-hmm. uh, Michelle's intern through my third year, mm-hmm. but I just kept taking notes. I'm a I'm a very systems. I work. I was a corporate trainer for Macaroni Grill mm-hmm. and had a great boss. I call him the Jedi because he would just have yeah. He just taught me systems. And so, like, mm-hmm. you know how restaurants are really busy on Friday and Saturday nights? Yeah. And so we built systems into the restaurants so um, that on Friday and Saturday night, if it burned to the ground, mm-hmm. there was nothing left for us to do because we'd done everything. So we could just sit back and just watch it burn. We didn't. We were, we, you know, we had a lot of success and yeah. I opened a bunch of stores. But he taught me systems. And so I translated that into the mission department. and. Mm-hmm. And uh, at the time, Michelle had had a revolving door of interns, and she didn't have any staff. Mm-hmm. And so that whole third year, I was just making notes. I was like, man, this would be something here. This is something good to do here. And um, <clears throat> wow. into the third year, they were like, so what are you going to do next? You know, what, what are your ne- next steps is what they call them. Yeah. I think that's what, that what it is, next steps. Um, what are you going to do after you graduate Karis? And mm-hmm. I was like, I knew that I knew that I knew that I was going to be her employee mm. and the, the job didn't exist I kept being told the job wasn't available that, mm-hmm. that's not that's not a thing yeah. I was like I don't know about that <laughs> <laughs> I'll create it I know that God is telling me and so yeah. what happened was all the notes I had taken mm-hmm. like these are improvements and these are things these systems mm-hmm. were when I typed it all out it was my job description so here's what I'm going to do when I'm the, the new <laughs> job that doesn't exist <laughs> <laughs> they probably appreciate appreciating your boldness. <laughs> and I'm like, wow, okay, a man yeah. of the plan. So I started. I was on staff in June mm-hmm. in 2015, and um, I worked with her for two years, three years, yeah. three years, and then um, was approached to take over. We had two staff members leave, mm-hmm. and they wanted me to come in and fill as their recruiting manager. So mm-hmm. I did that for two years. And I traveled and represented. Yeah. Um, Karis on the road and. Because I had my exit interview with you. Yeah. After I finished second year. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> I remember that. Yeah, I think that's where we officially met. Uh-huh. Yeah. I think so. Because he's in all Carrie's videos and he's like, oh, Clay, okay. <laughs> that's, the, that's the first time we sat down together. Yeah. But so 
there's a position that you're in right now. When I saw that you, they gave you the position, I was like, why didn't they do that when I was there? Because <laughs> that is just him. I think his mm-hmm. student life. Activities manager. So how did that come about? Because that did not exist. Like you seem like you'd be creating. Too. You created, of course. <laughs> so like, there was a lot of things that were shifting because I, I was hired to be the recruiting manager. And then there was just a lot of things that were changing that were like out of my abilities. Okay. And I started seeing this because Andrew was like, I want a thousand students at Karis. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it, it, it's, a, it's a sustainability thing with, mm-hmm. you know, keeping Karis into the, yeah. the next you know. generation. Mm-hmm. Generations, mm-hmm. right. And so I started in meetings and stuff. I was like, I have no clue. Mm-hmm. I've done, I've kind of used, I'm, I'm at the end of my rope on all the ideas and stuff. But in the meantime, I, I was... I was with the students heavily with missions, so I knew everything about everybody. Mm-hmm. And then when I was in recruiting, I was more focused on bringing, stu- bringing in incoming students, you yeah. know. But I was missing students and being in their lives and stuff. That was where my heart was. And so I started creating things while I was a recruiting manager. That's where Karis Now came from. Uh, Night of Worship is what yeah. now. And um, uh, Marsha was my yeah. like, partner in crime on that. And uh, <laughs> so we were, we were it, was, it was always worship and something, and it still is. It's mm-hmm. still going now. Um, lunch and learn interviews where um, we get um, staff and teachers that are teaching all the time mm-hmm. to get some of the behind the scenes on yeah. how they've grown in the Lord and how mm-hmm. the decisions and you know even you know everybody wants to quit at some point. Yeah. And what did God do? Where did God, how did God show up in your life? Tell mm-hmm. us about that experience. And it's so cool to hear mm-hmm. each one of those. That's what the lunch and learn mm-hmm. interviews uh, do. Um, and then uh, the Karis talk videos is something mm-hmm. I created too because I just thought. Everybody that comes to Karis is a walking miracle of God's awesomeness. Yes, everybody has a crazy I mean, story. It's the, all these stories are just walking around and they're not mm. being captured yeah. and shown. And then, like some of the marketing stuff or the recruiting stuff was like, I want to capture these stories. And then, if I capture your story, you're going to post it on social media. And then your parents and yeah. friends and family they're going to share it. And then before you know it, the Karis Talk videos have been shared somewhere else mm-hmm. that somebody would never heard of Andrew or Karis Bible College mm-hmm. in a different pond, yeah. if you will. And then somebody's going to watch that story, watch your story mm-hmm. that um, maybe not even know you. Yeah, you know, it's like oh, this dude's story is really cool. Yeah, and healing and mm-hmm. how God's provided for us and all the different stories that happen at Karis. Mm-hmm. And so that was my heart for the Karis Talk videos. Yeah, because. That, like I said at the beginning, that was when I, I had the idea. My friend told me about that, and I was just looking at how you did it and all those kind of things. So a lot of things that we're doing here, I kind of did copy. Man, you can copy away, bro. <laughs> Seriously. I yeah. copied from him. So I appreciate you having the idea because yeah. it helped me have well, my idea. I copied idea. from somebody else. Yeah. <laughs> we all copy, right? But all the stories are true. It's yes. like, you know, there's been, you know, I think my heart for those videos are, yes, I want to mm-hmm. bless other Christians, but I would love yeah. for somebody to watch a Karis Talk video that's never mm-hmm. heard, mm-hmm. and they're either they a prodigal, yeah. and they've been hurt by the church, or somebody, and they're yeah. just like, I, I don't want anything to do with God, but mm-hmm. they can sit there, and I mean, there's several, I mean, I'm sure you guys watch other YouTube channels, and you'll just geek out watching, yeah. you know, sto- you know, whatever 
had a knit a basket. I don't know. Yeah. Or right now I'm doing keto, so I'm watching a bunch of keto videos. But you'll mm-hmm. just watch a bunch of stuff. And so there's enough of those uh, content in those Karis videos that, mm-hmm. you know, these are all true stories. Yeah. Of people being healed, mm-hmm. God providing from them, yeah. you know, for them, and uh, bringing them to from another country mm-hmm. to come to Karis. And there's yeah. all these just amazing stories. And I just... Mm-hmm. So between the, I, I know when it comes to creating, you all love mm-hmm. all creation. Between the carry stock and the lunch and learn, which one do you always look forward to? Uh, they're two. They're just they're two different babies. Yeah. <laughs> you know the the carry stocks have a longevity factor. Okay. Because it's captured. On it's YouTube. captured and sent out on YouTube, and you can watch those, you know, forever, and they'll still same content is still mm-hmm. good. Yeah. Because God's still the healer, even a mm-hmm. hundred years from now. Mm-hmm. You can watch like Maranham, her story about being healed. Oh yeah, that's a powerful there. story. Yeah, and uh, and but that's that same Jesus. Yeah, is still going to be healing in a hundred years. Yes, <laughs> you know? true, true. <laughs> and uh, but with lunch and learns, those I like those for a different aspect because the um, you know the guest speakers that I get to interview, they have when it's not recorded, I get more raw. Mm-hmm. And someone say, "Is this being recorded?" I'm like, no, man. We can. Yeah. Not, All right, we're gonna go there, mm-hmm. and then they just kind of, you know, spill the beans on. Yeah. On stuff of how, like, different scenarios, mm-hmm. like where God was like, He just rescued them. Yeah. Rescued their ministry and like mm-hmm. came through for like you know their God told them to have a building or mm-hmm. something and God just really showed up and like here yeah. all the. The details of that. You and you do the next one. Yeah. We already talked about this. Yeah. Please text me so I can come and see yeah. this. So right now, mm-hmm. as we kind of come into the end here, where where you are right now with your heart, like what do you feel like the Lord is burning in you? Mm-hmm. So COVID and a bunch of recent things has just been very difficult mm-hmm. to get connection. That's, I'm all about connection. So I, I, mean, I love being here with you right now. You know? <laughs> um, and then with you guys too, this is a great point yeah. of connection, even though we might not meet, mm-hmm. in the, you know. We yeah. might, maybe we do, but mm-hmm. it's a point of connection to hearing, you know, what God's done in my life mm-hmm. and the journey I've been on. Um, just, I think, like, it's it's been like chapters have happened okay. about walking in forgiveness yeah, and then being unoffendable. Because mm-hmm. if you, because I, I was initially, like, in this place where I was like, uh, I, I went through a, a, a season of forgiveness, and I was like, oh, this is so clean feeling. I'm just like, mm-hmm. thank you, Jesus, for, you know, Forgiveness. Yeah, I'm just gonna be a man that walks in forgiveness. Yeah, and God's like, that's cute. <laughs> uh, what does that mean? He goes, why don't you live unoffendable? That way, you're not dishing out forgiveness all the time. And so I was like, okay, God, what does that mean to be unoffendable? And so He like took me down this whole, uh, just and like the things that you pursue God for, mm-hmm. He will He will reveal them. Yeah. And so I was really on a like mm-hmm. this like a I pursuit. Like the thing that you pursue God for, He will reveal them. Mm-hmm. I like that. And don't let go. It's like uh, mm-hmm. like the woman with issue of blood touching his. Yeah. She's like, I'm breaking through. I'm going to get my mm-hmm. my healing. I'm going to get my whatever you are, you're seeking God for. Mm-hmm. And then he can be the person that will launch that yeah. path for you too. Like, what am I supposed to be? Mm-hmm. You know. Wow. So that's what you feel like right now. It's But it's grown though, even more. Mm-hmm. So like being unoffendable, what does that mean? Yeah. And so I felt for me, I had, when was the last time you thought about driving? Driving? Yeah, a car. Uh, you just get in your car, you turn it on, you just like listen yeah. to worship or pray or whatever, but you're not thinking about driving. No. Because your brain is a super highway of information that where you don't have to think about that anymore. Yeah. Offense works the same way. Okay. I was living a lifestyle of offense, and so like I had a super highway of like something would make me mad, and then I would, in my mind, drive like five states, and then not even know I'm mad over here. 
And that's how offense, like a, like a lifestyle offense. I was like, God, every time I'm offended, let's blow up that track. Mm. I want to, I want to eliminate offense in my life. Mm. And so I still, I'm kind of working on like a, a yeah. real teaching about that. You know, how do you be unoffendable? Yeah. Because if you're unoffendable, then mm-hmm. there's so many more opportunities for you. Yeah. Wow. Because if you're if you're upset and angry all the time. Kind of limited on what you can go and what yeah, you can do. You can't even, you can, it's hard to even have faith when you're offended. Oh, that is actually true. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Because you're not trusting God anymore. You're just yeah. mad at like whatever mm. the circumstance or the person or whatever. Yeah. And so I found like that season in, has pushed me into the season in, that I'm in now mm-hmm. because I was like, I hate the season. I'm ready to be, for the season to be over. You know, you can't scream at winter and say, warm up. True. You try it. It's still going to be cold. Yeah. But what you can do is that when you're in a season that you're not, mm. like, having the best time in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is is you can seek God's rhythm. And this is a friend of mine. He told me that because mm-hmm. I, was, I was just, I was complaining. Mm-hmm. I was just, this season sucks. Yeah. I, I hate being here. I just, you know. And, um, yeah. He, and he did the same thing. Got, yeah, that's cute. <laughs> All right, bring it on. He's like, you can't rush the season, but you can find God's rhythm in the season. And so, like, when you find yourself being frustrated and offended, that's a Mm -hmm. good signpost that, like, points back to the cross, Mm -hmm. back to Jesus. Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, what what am I supposed to, how do I find your peace in this this time, even though it's chaotic around me? Mm -hmm. And then when you find his rhythm, then you're in a peace place. And that's where we're supposed to live. <laughs> Seek God's rhythm. Uh, That's so that piggyback is, um, you know, here recently I've just found myself. If I'm frustrated, it means I don't have it all on the altar for God. Mm. So whatever, and you know, without getting into too many details about that, but it's just like, if I'm frustrated, then I'm just like, I, that's my signpost. It's like, mm-hmm. stop what you're doing, and then just. Jesus, I give this back to you, and you are my source. Yeah. People just throw that out there. Jesus is my source. Jesus, mm-hmm. man, you say that with words, but your your life says the other. You know. Yes. But when he really is your source, mm-hmm. it goes back. It's like okay, I'm I'm not taking. You're the one. You're my source for my finances. Yeah. You are my source for my for peace. You are mm-hmm. my source for, um, this season of my life. Mm-hmm. And so when I take things off the altar. Yeah. Frustration comes right around the corner, mm-hmm. and it's like, yes, ding, 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 ding. Here's your like, sign. Because <laughs> there's a peace when things are on the altar. Back like, to the altar, God. Mm-hmm. You're, I just give it to you, and so mm-hmm. whatever your leading is, yeah. that's where I want to be. Wow, that's amazing. So, look into the future, like with your student, whatever your title student is. Student life activities manager. Yeah. yeah. Man, well, that's a long, that's a long title. Wow. <laughs> 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 Sure, student, whatever manager. So, what is what's coming down the pike for those carry students? Yeah. So right now, I know, I know that I know that I know that I'm called to Carrie's Bible College. I know yeah. that it's like, a, mm-hmm. I'm, and th- I'm not done there yet. Yeah. Um, and so I just feel like right now it's like, how do I? God, give me vision. Mm-hmm. Show me what 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 do you want me? Instead of I, I know that I'm called there. Instead mm-hmm. of saying that, it's like, what am I called to do today to achieve what you've got me in this position for? Yes. Wow. Think about that. Whatever mm-hmm. job you're in right now, mm-hmm. what does that look like? You know, instead of if you're, again, this all frustration and all yeah. that stuff, put it on the altar and then mm-hmm. it's in the morning. Like, I'm just like, all right, God, what are we doing today mm-hmm. that is going to do the, the things that you've called me here to do? And 
yeah. to not only just do my job but leave a legacy yeah. for when yeah. I leave. And um, I'm hmm. not saying I'm leaving out. I have yeah. plans to. Um, but when so that time comes. That's going on. I'm a part of this awesome church called Freedom Church. Been hearing with, a lot uh, about it. Yeah, with uh, Pastor Joe and Tessa. Mm-hmm. And uh, that church is awesome. And I just have recently taken on, I'm the new events and outreach director for of them. <laughs> right? Uh, yeah, planning events. Uh-huh. Uh, so I've got that going on. And then I'm also on the board for this amazing um, uh, mission uh, that's happening in Wind River, uh, Wyoming. Ah, Lucas, Sa- yeah. Luke. Sarah and Jason Lucas. Yeah, I'm on their board for mm-hmm. this powerful ministry that that, um, mm-hmm. that they're doing, and um, I went on a mission trip there. You did? Yes, that was, it was an amazing time. Yeah, yeah, we internationals got to go there. Yeah. It was mm-hmm. fantastic. Like everybody says, that mission trip was amazing. So mm-hmm. I'm not gonna say that because. Was it? it was amazing. Though. <laughs> <laughs> I try not to be one of those people, yeah, yeah. but it was to me the best. Now I am it one was. of those people. And the work that they're doing in Wyoming is fan. It's mm-hmm. they are breaking up um, hard ground and really mm-hmm. manifesting the love of Jesus mm-hmm. in a way that is just powerful yeah. for a very for for a hurting kind of group of people. Yeah, because mm-hmm. it was wow. Um, it was when we were there because we were just beginning I think they were going to be the first church or something mm-hmm. on the reservation and they, were, they just I think they just had the land and they were building because mm-hmm. I'm on their Facebook group yeah. and I think I'm on their missions I'm, I'm on their mail group I yeah. could just see like the building now they have it's it's just amazing yeah. Foundations for Nations is the name of that ministry oh, they yeah. are if you're looking to support something and mm-hmm. your money will go far, like a long way with them they are yeah that's amazing they're, they're in the middle of a building project right now. And so, okay. So that's amazing, though. Yeah. But thank you for this time, Clay. Yeah, a couple of irons in the fire, you know. God, I know. <laughs> this is, and I want to be a part of it. Because when, <laughs> when you do the teaching on the fence, because that, oh, that one yeah. is good, mm-hmm. let me know so I can come yeah. uh, listen to it. Because yeah. that one's, I like, it hit me. I like that. <laughs> so thank Lord, you. Lord, I just looked at my friend right now. <laughs> I need all kinds of prayer, right? Yeah, yeah. Hey, if you're struggling with offense, we just speak healing to you mm-hmm. right now because you got to let it go. And that was one of the things I learned. Just like you got to let it go mm-hmm. and let Jesus come in and heal those places in your heart because you can't move forward with anything until you deal with that. It's just a roadblock that is in the way. And yeah. so I just speak peace to you. Mm-hmm. I speak healing to your heart and uh, healing to your mind too. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, yeah. my man. I really appreciate because I asked him this like last week and it was like, Let's do it. Yeah. So, Let's get it on the calendar. Right? So thank you, thank you. <laughs> and remember, we all have a story. What's your story? Goodbye. <laughs>